Welcome to the Jeff Eby Show. Jeff Eby Show. Where the talk is all about Dixon County. Well, good morning. We welcome you to the show. I'm your host, Jeff Eby, where the show is talk all about Dixon County. We welcome you today. We have a special guest today, Dr. Danny Weeks, and we're going to introduce him in just a few minutes. But if you will like this and share this uh, post right now, that would really help us. And if you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe to the channel, and that will really help us out. We appreciate all the comments that we have gotten uh, so far. This is our third show, and we've gotten some really positive comments. So if you want to leave a comment, that would be awesome. And uh, we really appreciate you joining us. And we're going to have a live call in at 12 o'clock as normal. And uh, so be prepared for that. But without further ado, I want to introduce to you Dr. Danny Weeks, who is the superintendent of schools for Dixon County. Welcome, Dr. Weeks. Thanks so much, Jeff. Appreciate being on the show today. It's awesome. Awesome. Glad you, that, you, that you're here. We got some really good stuff to talk about today. But I want to get started first uh, talking about just kind of give us an overview of your background and how you kind of got to Dixon County as the uh, superintendent and, uh, you know, how you, how, you know, some, just some of the process you went through to get here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've been excited to be in Dixon County. This is a really great place to work. And, uh, you know, just a second ago we were talking preparing today. You know, people think three or four years, how long you've been here? This is starting 10, believe it or not. Right, so, right. So, uh, 10th year here in Dixon, just love it. Uh, love public education, love education as a whole. And so uh, my, both my parents were educators. My mom was a first grade teacher all of her life. My dad was a principal and middle school teacher. And uh, so, you know, education was kind of in the background and the blood. I had um, originally gone to college to be an accountant. So I uh, got quite a bit of business background, business and econ. And um, just, uh, you know, funny how things move in your life and change in your life. But uh, my junior year, I was at Austin P, and uh, just fell right back to education. fell fell right into that, and uh, picked up an elementary and middle school teaching license there. Uh, went back to Robertson County, where uh, where's my home? That's where I grew up. Went to school in Greenbrier up there, and um, went back and taught middle school up there for three or four years. Then moved over to the high school, so uh, taught and helped coach and helped do a little bit of everything around school. And uh, while I was doing that, I was working on my master's degree, and that, that's what uh, is required in the state of Tennessee to be an assistant principal or a principal. So I did that at Austin P. Uh, left Greenbrier, went to East Robertson, which is on the other side of the county, another small school, and I was an assistant principal for 7th through 12th grade there. Uh, became a principal a little bit later in life, uh, three or four years later, and uh, served as principal for three or four years, and then moved to the central office in Robertson County. I uh, served as the assistant director of schools there for um, right at 12 years. And so I uh, kind of responsible for um, curriculum and instruction, student discipline, attendance, just right. uh, lots of lots of different things. And then kind of moved into the finance areas, working on finance as well. So um, in 2012, uh, it's funny, both counties had the director of schools job open. Uh, there where I'd been all my life and had 27 years in that county working. Uh, job open here and uh, 
as, as uh, I'm not sure if everybody's familiar with the process, but uh, boards of education are the ones that interview and hire the director of schools. And so I'd, uh, I'd interviewed up there, and that process was moving slowly and uh, just kept getting a lot of calls. Uh, you know, would you come down here? Would you interview? Would you talk to us? And so I, uh, I came down. Uh, enjoyed an interview. Uh, that time, Tim Potter was the chairman of the board, and I met Mr. Potter and uh, worked with him, and uh, just uh, it, it felt right. And this felt uh, there are a lot of similarities between the two counties, but but the opportunities to be here and opportunities to come in and uh, that board that hired me, I, I really enjoyed them and enjoyed going through the interview process. And so, um, in the spring of 2012, I took the position and uh, moved to White Bluff. And I uh, bought a little house out there and uh, some property out there, and I've been here since then. So it's, uh, it's, it's been a blessing to be here. I love the team I work with, love our schools, love our principals, and, and the community has been so understanding, so appreciative of everything we've done, and uh, I just, just enjoy working here. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and I know, um, uh, or your doctor degree. When did you get your doctor degree? I did. Uh, well, a long time ago. Oh, you did? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I pretty much went straight through school. So okay. I, I, I got my bachelor's. Uh, my master's program was about a year. I took that right after that. And an EDS program is a, is a two-year degree above a master's degree. And a doctorate degree is two years above that. So uh, I don't mind saying it's back in 93 yeah. uh, when I actually earned that. And, and so I uh, just, you know, had that. And again, that's, that's uh, allowed me to, to, to apply for some of the jobs and open up some doors. But uh, it also allows me to teach at the college level. So I, I right, do some okay. teaching for Austin P and I do some teaching for Union University in Jackson. That's kind of a grueling process, isn't it? Trying to go through that as you work. And, um, you know, the, the, the best part of it, Jeff, is um, I, 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 I was. I was all through with all the coursework, and uh, I was still single at the time. So I, I was I was teaching and I was working and things like that. But uh, you know I wasn't married, so I didn't have the family at that point in time to uh, as I was going through school. So uh, the pressures uh, of dealing with a family and you know trying to take care of your kids and things like that right. they weren't there uh, as I was taking the coursework. So by the time I finished writing my dissertation, uh, got married and, and all that, and so had the family. And so, but uh, you know, the the writing of the dissertation and the the research work that went into to writing and all that 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 was uh, you know that that was a little more challenging right. while you're trying to teach and do that and right. take care of a family at the same time. Right, but that's what you have to do to get to where you are today. Uh, absolutely, uh, you know, I, I it's 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 been an, a door opener, and uh, you know, it's it's something I. Uh, you know, personally, I, I feel we all should try to excel to to the degree that we can. And, and as, as an educator, you know, education, getting getting an earning degrees was important to me and trying to uh, rise to a position of leadership was important to me. And I had that drive and uh, I believe I was gifted in some of those abilities. So uh, I'd say it was natural to want to do those things. And, you know, uh, but but different people are gifted in different ways. And uh, so, so the school part was pretty easy. Uh, it was just, you know, finding and, and, you know, finding the time to do it, finding right. the money to do it and going through that and, and getting the support you needed to do that. Yeah. And we talked earlier, you were a math teacher, right? Yeah. I started out, I uh, love teaching math. I, uh, started out with seventh grade math and went to eighth grade math. It, this, this first class, I, 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 I'd almost like to go back and find them and apologize to them because <laughs> I, I, I taught seventh grade math. Uh, my principal moved me to eighth grade the next year, along with that group of kids. So taught them. Next year, I moved to the high school. And so some of those same students I had for either pre-algebra or algebra one 
And then the ones that I had for pre-algebra as freshmen, a lot of them took algebra one as sophomore. So, I mean, there, there's a group of kids uh, that went through Greenbrier that I had for sixth, seventh, eighth, <laughs> and ninth grades. And was that good or bad for them? Well, uh, the ones that like <laughs> math, I, I, I enjoy, uh, you know, uh, seeing that. But I, I, I'm sure it was a difficult process. I, I think I was probably the only algebra teacher. So, wow. you know, they, they had to get through there. So, that was kind of tough then. Yeah, math is kind of a subject that either you're good at or mm-hmm. you kind of struggle with you know and I know y'all have uh tutors and different different things uh like that to kind of help students go through that process Mm -hmm. or whatever um talk talk about that just a little bit what what do we have because I know there's some parents out there that their kids may be struggling with math or whatever and 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 again it's uh you know as easy as math was for me reading and and literature and all that kind of stuff was just as hard for me so so to read a long book or read a long passage and then try to explain it or to write and do book reports that was difficult for me but yeah our system has tutors that and and most of them are teachers that that you know come in and they're they're paid either to come in early in the mornings uh you know a lot of them will get there at 7 7 15 and so you get about a 45 minute uh, time period there where before school and, and we we really try to take care of our kids so you know they come in and grab a, a quick breakfast and carry it down to the teacher's room or the teacher may meet them in the cafeteria meet them in another and provide that tutoring for those students early in the morning or the same thing in the afternoons a lot of them you know take that uh, most of our schools are out at three o'clock so right. they take a 10-15 minute break uh, go get a little snack or something, come back in a room, and a lot of them will stay until 4 or 4.30. You know, particularly at the high school level, they'll stay a little bit later. Um, this year, uh, due to some federal grants that we've received, we're going to try to expand that program because we've, we've been somewhat limited to a couple of days a week, maybe three days a week at most of our schools. Um, but we do hope to at least go – we hope to go five mornings and maybe four afternoons. I don't you know, I don't think too many people are going to be right, interested in staying right. on Friday afternoons and things for tutoring, but – uh, we hope to go five mornings and four afternoons, but we also are looking for community input on uh, are there other times that, that we could get some additional tutoring and additional support in. So, you know, what would that look like on, on Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon? And, um, you know, I, I don't think we'll be tutoring on Sunday mornings and right. competing with church or anything, but, you know, would would a Sunday afternoon tutoring maybe between two and four or, or three and four, would that help our families? Uh but we're also trying to look at um, Dixon County has had a long tradition of a two-week fall break. And so, you know, would it do our students well and would it do them a good service if we could provide some tutoring during that fall break period of time? Because, you know, everybody doesn't doesn't get a break. Everybody doesn't, right. doesn't go to the beach or go out of town or go somewhere. So uh, would our students be interested in coming in, picking up some tutoring? Would, would our teachers be interested in teaching that, you know, one week of that fall break or two weeks of that fall break? And um, I, I'm not sure many how many of your listeners and watchers this morning have uh, have noticed, but we've run summer school this summer. Right. So, so we are finishing up tomorrow. So the whole month of June has been devoted to uh, summer camps or summer programming. And so we've had uh, kindergartners through eighth graders that will finish up tomorrow. Uh, so they've gotten an additional 20 days in, and so that's kind of going to help. Uh, we believe it's going to help uh, compensate or make up a little bit for the time that we were out during the COVID, right. the COVID period of time. Right. And then uh, 
uh, even our, our high schools, I think we'll carry on another week or so in, uh, for credit recoveries and trying to make up some credits that some of those students might have missed last year. Like in, the, in July? Or mm-hmm. what? Oh, really? Uh, it, it won't go all the way until, <laughs> until school starts, but I think the high schools maybe have another week or so. So uh, students that might have fallen behind or, or, you know, sometimes we miss a credit. Sometimes uh, their schedules are so full, you know, with things they want to take, and maybe right. they want to take one more class, and, and, you know, it just doesn't fit into a regular scheduled day, so they can come to summer school and take those classes and things like that. Right. Where, you know, you talked about parents maybe getting in touch with getting some ideas about, you know, some of that. Where can they get in touch with you? Mm-hmm. Uh, our website, dcstn.org. It's Dixon County Schools, Tennessee.org, dcstn.org. And matter of fact, there is a, uh, a survey on that website right now. So if you watch it scroll by, there, there's a survey on there that, that asks questions. Like, you know, if, if we were to provide some extra tutoring, when would that when would that best suit your schedule? And would you be able to provide, you know, transportation? That's the biggest thing, you know, that some of our families uh, are not able to, to get their students back and forth. Some students don't have their own cars. So, uh, you know, would they come in the mornings? Would they come during during some of our break times? Would would anybody be interested in coming during a Christmas break or something like that? So right. um, there is a, an email attached to the bottom of that. It's info at dcstn.org. And uh, that goes to our curriculum supervisors that kind of help design those programs and look at that. And they'll, they'll read that input and, uh, and make decisions based on those things. Now, are y'all running bus s- uh, schedules for this uh, summer school? For this summer, we are. And again, this is uh, these are federal dollars that, that the federal government has sent to us in order to uh, run our summer program, and that's uh, it's a three-year program. So we we're going to have bus service uh, for summer school this year, next year, and the following year. Cool. So cool. it's uh, it, and, and it's made a big difference. And, and two, not just bus service, but cafeteria service. And so uh, our families last year, due to COVID, the the federal government provided some money for us to give. Um, food to any student under age 18 and then I think at a very reasonable price I think it was two dollars or something like that for for a meal for an adult over 18 and uh, that was good for anyone and so we've had that you know the combining the transportation to get students to school the the breakfast and the lunches that they're while they're at school and uh, hopefully the uh, uh, we we believe the food service is going to go on a little bit longer in the summer I hadn't seen the schedule and uh, actually, we have a board meeting tonight, so I think Mr. Collins will kind of give us uh, an update on where we are with the food and and uh, if that program is going to continue on up until the time school starts. Okay. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be Great. back here in just a minute with Dr. Danny Weeks. You've spent years dreaming up your business plan, saving every dollar, searching for the right location, and perfecting your product. Auto Owners insures your small business because it isn't small to you. Only 36 more to go. That's simple human sense. Ask EB Insurance and Dixon if auto owners make sense for you. back with Dr. Danny Weeks. I hope you enjoyed that song. We we played a little bit for him and he goes, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was appropriate. 
But anyway, we're going to continue our discussion, um, and uh, let's talk about uh, kind of the COVID year and what happened during that whole thing. I know it was a really tough time for, for you, for the kids, for all the teachers. I mean, it was just a really tough time. Now, as opposed to some of the schools that we talked about earlier that had ev- haven't even gone back to school yet. Haven't even gone back, yeah. And I, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. We were, we were about to go on spring break in the year 2020. I think it was like three or four days before school uh, was, was set to take a week break. And um, uh, we, we had an incident at one of the schools that, that a student basically came out in class and said, uh, I, I think my grandmother's got COVID and they've told our whole family to go home and stay at home and things like that. And so, you know, that, that's before anybody knew what COVID was. And, you know, we had no idea. We just, you know, you, you'd heard about it in the news and stuff, but you didn't know what it was. So being very proactive, we shut down schools a couple of days, just said, let's, let's go ahead and take our couple of days before spring break let spring break go and, and work through that four or five day process. And then we'll, we'll be back and, and, and see what all that looks like. Little did we know that we would not be back in yeah. school. Uh, so obviously, you know, we, we know that there was that period of time where, uh, you know, we were, we were, we were hoped to be a couple of weeks and we hope to be another couple of weeks and maybe hope we'd get back in May. And then, you know, it, it, the governor's office finally closed the schools statewide. So, um, but, you know, I'm very proud of our team because we got planning at that, that immediate time and just said, you know, we're going to have to have a plan for the fall. We can't just, you know, I don't think this is just going to go away. We've got to have a plan for what we're going to look like in the fall. So at that point in time, uh, we, we got busy, and um, every one of my department leaders, they, they pulled their heads together, and we, we developed a plan. You know, what are we going to do if this, and what are we going to do if this, and how is all that going to work? So. Uh, we were committed to being back in school if the if the the state officials would allow us to be, and they did. Uh, we we were so far ahead of a lot of school systems because you know there there are places that were still scrambling around. You know they they told us before we could come back we'd have to have a written plan and plan would have to be approved by the state. Uh, we were one of the first districts in the state that that got that plan submitted. We were one of the first districts in the state that opened on regular time. We, uh, I think it was either August 1st or August 2nd last year when we did open. And uh, I'm very proud that the Commissioner of Education actually came and visited our schools during the first week of school just to see, you know, how, how did we open up. Uh, we didn't have to delay. We didn't have to postpone. So uh, we had to change things. Uh, I'll have to say I'm, I'm kind of getting a little bit older and kind of getting set in some of my ways. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty much a creature of habit, so the things I do from day to day are, are – or habits for me. And, uh, and it was kind of change, it, you know, change is difficult. And so it was, it was a change from, from teachers to bus drivers, to custodians, cafeteria, you know, everybody's lives were impacted, uh, in some way by COVID. And so was the director of schools. Um, but, I, but I think, you know, our teachers are so flexible and, you know, when we ask them to do things differently and we ask some of them to teach on a computer and teach virtually all year, uh, you know, some of them stepped right up and volunteered and said, yeah, well, I want to try that. I don't, I don't know what it's like. I don't know how to do it. Uh, we were very fortunate. Um, we had a pretty good fund balance in our in our school system's revenue. So we, uh, we knew we'd been wanting to get computers for everybody. And I thought, you know, this, this is a great time. Let's go ahead and buy them. And uh, by us proactively doing that, uh, other school systems that needed computers didn't get them for a long time because obviously, you know, right. shipping worldwide was slowed down and production worldwide was slowed down. 
So was that we, some was that some federal funding that was able to help y'all do that or uh, we actually got reimbursed by federal funding okay. for that yeah but but we we spent our reserves um, or several of our reserves at that point in time doing it with with the hope that we would get some money back and, and we did and that was a good thing and so to, to re- reimburse us for that uh, but you know we, we were one to one from uh, kindergartners all the way up through seniors. And so every student had their own computer. And so when it came time to, to deliver uh, learning and instruction and assignments through a computer, you know, it, it, it obviously it, it took some learning just how to do that. And, you know, I'm always amazed at how, we're, uh, how we use our phones and how we use our right. devices and things and how to do that. But, um, you know, it, but, but teachers had to learn that new skill of how, how do I film myself or how do I put my lessons online and, and stuff like that. I mean, so I was just amazed by that process. And, but, uh, but they all jumped in. Uh, we, I, I think overall, I think we may have missed six or seven days of school last year. We, we took some for, you know, just, just for some mental health days. I think there were some people right. who needed some breaks. Yes. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it was a good year overall. And, and when you look at other districts around us, I, I, I think we've far surpassed uh, everybody's expectations, and I, I know there are a lot of inconveniences and a lot of things that we needed to uh, look at, and, and maybe if we had to do another year like that, which I hope we never do, uh, but you know maybe we'd do some things differently. But but just uh, the the planning that the staff went through, and the the adaptability of our staff, the adaptability of our community, and the support that we received has just been great. Yeah, I don't think the metro didn't go back in twenty twenty, any did they? I, I think they. I think parts of them may have come back maybe really? the last quarter. Okay. You know, right. But, right. but again, to, to, to think about how your family would be impacted if you were out of school, uh, what, 135, 140 yeah. days, I, I, I can't imagine. I know. So how has the, the you know, get, delivering computers to all the kids, um, how has, has that been pretty successful, do you think, um, of the kids? I know, I know it's a – it's a high learning curve, especially for the teachers to go to that type of teaching rather than mm-hmm. actually in the in the classroom. Mm-hmm. So, and how did that go? You think it, it went really well. We we took a different approach than a lot of districts took. Um, a lot of districts, you know, if, if you had thirty kids in your classroom, and let's say fifteen of them were at home and fifteen of them were in person. Uh, they expected you to teach the 15 here and the 15 yes. virtually. Right. We we took a completely different approach to that. We said, let's take all the students from around the county that want to do virtual and let's assign one teacher to teach them. And so I think that was very successful by by saying, you know, you don't have to worry about you know, trying to talk to somebody through the computer as well as sitting in your classroom. Right. Your job is to teach the ones that are in your classroom. My job might have been to teach those fifteen or twenty that were that were virtually, and I also think it was good for our community because now uh, students from Burns and students from Van Leer and students from Dixon and students from White Bluff are all sitting in their own homes, but they're having access and exposure to that one teacher who's teaching all those kids in their classrooms. And you know, I mean, six or seven years from now, when those kids go to middle school or go to high school, they're going to be in the same schools together, so they're going to have friendships that they developed virtually and they're going to have them you know they're, they're going to be there together and and they've had that experience already as their elementary kids right one thing that uh richard and i uh, richard lee who's a uh, real estate uh, uh agent and owns his company one one of the things we talked about as far as the county is concerned is the uh there's a lot of the county that doesn't have 
high-speed internet. Right. And I know that posed a problem for, for some of the kids. And I know y'all uh, maybe had some hot spots, whatever, around the yeah. county or whatever. How, how did that work out? Well, we uh, we knew that was a problem. And, uh, again, that's that's been one of the main problems that, that why we had not gone to computers, one-on-one computers before COVID. And so we took a look and, and we, we looked at several products and, and there were there was a product we'd experimented with, I think, a couple of years back. Uh, it's called a Khajiit. And what a Khajiit is, it's a it's a hotspot that, that pops on a school bus. And as the kids are leaving school, um, you know, they can do their homework or they can download things on the school bus. And uh, we, we talked about, is that something we want to do? Because, you know, some, some kids have a long ride and, and, and they could do some homework and they could do some things like that. But... You know, what, what we really started thinking was, well, why would we limit that to a school bus? Why, why would we just put that on a bus? Because, you know, I, I may have a short ride. I may be the first one off the bus right. and, then, you know, have a ten, five or ten minute ride. So where else could we put some of these hotspots? So we, we approached some churches. We approached some community centers. We approached some people that are store owners and things like that and said, what about if we paid for your Internet service? And what about if we put a server up here in, in your window and uh, we don't want to disrupt your business. We certainly don't want to interrupt a church service or anything like that. But what, what if we put a, an Internet server here in your window that broadcast? It's going to be filtered. So, you know, as, as much it's going to be as clean as a, the filters that are at schools. And so, you know, you're, you'd be opening your parking lot for kids to come download their assignments and then uh, three or four days later come back and upload them. I, I think the misperception was that I've got to be sitting in front of the internet all the time, you know, and I think when we do our homework, when we do our things on our computer, you, you, you think I've got to have cell service right. to do that. I've got to have, right. a, but, but our devices are, are designed so that if at any time I go near that hotspot. So, so let's say I go to a business or like go to one of the school hotspots, I pull up, I download my assignments. They're placed on my laptop or these are called Chromebooks. So it's placed on my Chromebook. Now I can go back home. I can work on the Chromebook and work on the assignments. I can even watch some videos that were downloaded of the teacher teaching it. And then I can do my assignments. Then I go back to the hotspot. So it's not like I have to sit there and, and be virtually um, with that hotspot active the whole time. And, you know, and I, I know we're all used to that on our phones right. and things like that. But, but to do the work, students just had to have that access to download it and then to turn around and upload it later. So, you know, next time I go to buy the hotspot, I upload it and download some more assignments, then I can go back home and do those. How successful do you think that was? I, kn- I know that all the kids aren't going to, especially, you know, with when you have both parents working and you got kids at home and then supposed to log on and, and, and do their schoolwork, and I'm sure a lot of that didn't happen, especially yeah, I, early on, I would think. Right, and, and, I, and I think it... You know, it, it took some learning on, as we were talking about earlier, it took learning on our teachers' part, but, you know, it took learning on parents' parts. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of parents maybe uh, when they found out, you know, I, I can log onto my computer, my, my student's computer, and see how long they worked on the assignments right. and how much progress they made and things like that. I um, I think we may have may have found some people that had some surprises. You know, right. they maybe their students weren't working on their assignments as much as they could have. And, and, you know, when, when you ask that question, I, I, I think it's, 
it's typical of what we see at school. You know, there, there's some people that are very involved in their students' uh, academic assignments and check on them every night. And then there's some that uh, never have to check on their kids. And there's some that don't check on their kids and maybe they should more often right, and things right, like that. So, right. um, you know, the, the real question is, is learning virtually effective? And I'm going to say yes for some kids and definitely not for some others. Right. I'm sure some parents were surprised, you know, when their kids were saying, yeah, I've got all my homework done and everything's good. And then all of a sudden the parents get a grade or whatever and are just totally surprised. Or yeah. And, and then, I'm sure that happened. And then when, you know, we, we say, let's, let's look on here together. Oh, they, they only logged in once last week and they spent four minutes on the computer. That, right. that was quite a surprise. Right, right. Now, on those computers, they cannot – do other things on the computer other than their schoolwork, or can they? They, they can, and, but again, it, it's going to be filtered. So, uh, you know, the the same filters that are that are at our school are the same filters that we put in these businesses and and volunteer. I mean, we had some people volunteer just say, you know, I'll, I'll sponsor one, and so we had some people sponsor those out in the community. And uh, I, I think at one time we said like the most anybody would have had to have driven would have been like eight or nine miles to get to a hot spot to do that, but. Yeah, I mean, they, they have the Word suites on them, so uh, they have the Google suite, so, you know, a, a Word processor, uh, a spreadsheet, and a PowerPoint-type presentation-type thing. They do that, and then had full internet on there, so they could do those, and, um, you know, there are certain teachers that had maybe an app or two that they downloaded for that was specific to their class, but, but for the most part, the, the the devices did everything that they needed them to do. Okay, good, good. We're going to take a break real quick. And uh, we'll, be, we'll be back here in just a minute with Dr. Danny Weeks. You've dreamed about the perfect house, a place to call your own, and a place to not only stretch out, but to grow. Auto Owners protects your house because to you, it's home. That's simple human sense. Ask EB Insurance in Dixon if auto owners make sense for you. Happy to help, man. I was just over there talking to myself anyway. Okay, we are back with uh, Dr. Danny Weeks, and we're going to continue our discussion a little bit about uh, what's going on in the school. And I, I wanted to kind of finish up on this uh, 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 doing schoolwork on the laptop and stuff yeah. like that. Um, I know that the county has been working on some uh, different things, especially with the electric company. I think they're mm -hmm. in the process of mm -hmm. anybody who has electric service is going to be able to have availability of uh, Internet to their home. And I'm sure that will make a big difference when, once that project is done. Once that project, yeah, and I, I, I don't see that happening in the next year yeah. or two. You know, it's going to be a long-term project. But, yeah, it just, you know, we're, we're realizing that. Uh, as a society, I think we're realizing that's, you know, what, what electricity was 50 or 60 years ago. You know, everybody needs it at their homes. And, uh, you know, we, we had some people talk to us about, uh, you know, I, I, can, I can use my telephone to have my kids do their homework on. And no, they can't. I right. mean, you know, you can't see all the, the things you need on a phone. Now you might could use the hotspot to activate your device. But, but you know, doing homework on your phone is not going to work. Right. So, um, 
as we move forward this year, we, we again, I think one of the reasons for success in the school year is we, we gave parents the option, do you want to be in person or do you want to be virtual? And so uh, as they made those choices throughout the year, you know, and again, we, we asked them at the end of this school year, what do you want to do for fall? And, and so we had about 250 students that, that are, you know, still wanting to do in the virtual environment. And uh, kind of combat a little bit about what we talked about earlier, uh, they had to demonstrate they were successful last year. Right. So, you know, these these people that might not have done anything last year, uh, they're going to be back in school this fall. So I assume even if they do it online, they still can participate in sports and that, that type of activity at the school if they want to? Yes, because they, they're still enrolled in our schools. Gotcha, so, gotcha. So that becomes that. Uh, they had to make application this year, and so their principal or guidance counselors reviewed their application if they wanted to to be in a virtual environment. And again, they they had to demonstrate that that they had access to the internet or they had access to successful learning last year, and uh, have those devices. Again, we're going to give them the devices to use at home to do that. Uh, we posted, and our, our HR office posted for for teachers to teach virtually again. So it's not it's not a mix between what is your regular teacher doing and trying to do it at home. It's is there's a teacher dedicated okay. to doing that. So uh, just like we did this year. So so your teachers, uh, the teachers there, I think there are two per grade level from third grade all the way up to about eighth grade that'll that'll help the kids. And uh, it'll be just like that's that's who their assigned teacher is. Right. So will they will those teachers be doing that in addition to teaching in the classroom, or will no, that that's be? Their, that's their full time job. Okay. So instead of you uh, teaching at Dixon Middle School sixth grade, you're going to be teaching virtually sixth grade. Now they they do come to school every day, and they have office hours at school. Uh, most of those will be housed through New Directions up in Charlotte, and so they'll have a classroom there where they can you know they'll have a, a setup. Uh, uh, where they have their cameras and they have their microphones, they have their whiteboards and everything just like that to use. But uh, but they're they're going to be dedicated toward those students. Okay, good. We're going to open up our phone lines. Uh, the number is six one five four eight eight four one four four one one. If you have a question for Dr. Danny Weeks, we'll uh, we'll go ahead and open those up for right now. Um, I kind of want to talk about maybe the elephant in the room a little bit about what's going on in the, uh, maybe nationally with, uh, this transgender, you know, uh, going on, uh, students transgendering from either male or female or vice versa. Mm-hmm. And I know in Dixon, we have some of that. And, um, how is the school system handling that? Well, we, we we are challenged and 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 we want to we we try to support every student in the decisions that he or she makes and and those families uh, we want to take away those uh, those barriers you know I mentioned hunger earlier and we mentioned transportation we mentioned nurses and and kids that are sick so uh, our whole student service department led by Mr. Steve Sorrells you know they, their whole goal is to remove those barriers that keep students from learning. And, and we have some students that are, that are going through some, some difficult times uh, mentally and emotionally and making tough decisions for their lives. And uh, when, when those decisions come to the forefront and that's stopping a student from learning, we, we treat that just like we do any other situation. So uh, they meet with Mr. Sorrells or a member of his staff. They, they talk about the transitions that, that they're looking at. And we, we look at how we can help them be successful at school. And, and a lot of time that deals with... Uh, how those students interact with others and, uh, you know, so that they're not bullied, they're not mistreated, right. they're not, you know, they're not um, discriminated against in any way. 
Uh, we talk about their health and their safety because, again, you know, wh- where they go to the restrooms, where do they, uh, where do they eat, who their friends are, and all those situations. You know, there are federal laws, but but there are also those uh, responsibilities that we have as a school system to take care of students that, that are making decisions, and so uh, helping them transition and develop a plan, just just like a, a student who is sick and needs a health plan. You know, we, we develop that plan and we implement that plan, and if it needs modification, we work on it. Uh, if we have a student that uh, is not getting all the nutrition they need, you know, we, we work with the food service to develop a plan to help them work through those plans. So, um, uh, again, I'm, I'm proud of our non-academic people, you know, our transportation people, our maintenance people, our school health, our school nursing, our school counselors, all those people uh, put those envelopes around those students and put those resources toward them. And, again, it's about helping students be successful and be supported at school so that they can focus on academics. How are you doing the, the locker room, bathroom type of issue? Well, uh, in, the, in the past, that um, during the, uh, the Obama administration, uh, basically we had to make accommodations for, for anybody at any time. So if, uh, if uh, let's say a male had, had declared that they were transgendering and going through that process, uh, we had to let them use the the locker rooms and to make those accommodations in those locker rooms as as was needed. Uh, during the Trump administration, some of those laws were overturned. During the Biden administration, some of those have started slowly reverting back. But we also have to look at Tennessee law, and and the Tennessee legislature has dealt with some of those events right. this year uh, by by making some statements that um, you know, for instance, a, a male who's transgendering. Uh, cannot participate in a female-dominated sport. So a male transgender right now would not be able to participate in volleyball, for instance. And so, um, you know, there, there's there's federal laws that are going on. There are Tennessee laws that are going on. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I'd say they're, you know, sometimes they conflict with each other. And um, we're, we're actually getting some training. The I think it's the second week of July. We're, we're getting some training on, on how do we deal where there are conflicts and things of that nature. Are, are any federal funds uh, available for any any type of workaround with that? Um, probably not where there's conflicts with, with state law. I mean, there, there are probably funds for training. There are probably funds for support. But, you know, they're, they're, we haven't seen or we haven't sought any grants for, you know, build, building or making modifications to buildings or restrooms or things like that for those purposes yet. Right. We talked about this a minute ago and uh, or a little while ago about the wrestling. Um, and you, you were telling me that girls, if they want to wrestle boys, they can. Yes. We, we uh, each of our high schools and our middle schools have, uh, have very good wrestling programs. We've got some outstanding coaches and, uh, uh, we, uh, this year, actually, we had a state champion, uh, from Dixon County high school and she, uh, she won the, the girls tournament. And again, so we, we have some girls that, that, that are wrestling in the girls program, but, but we also have some people who make that crossover. So some males and females that, that elect to wrestle each other. But once they make that jump, they can't go back to, to wrestle in the girls program. That's correct. correct. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk. Let's move uh, on to a little bit. Let's talk about the budget a little bit. Um, you know, as a uh, commissioner, I'm I'm kind of uh, privy to to some of that information, and uh, I, I I'm not going to say this. I wasn't shocked, but you know, when we passed the the budget, the school budget, I was just a little astonished as to how big it was. And I know some people may think, well, how is that possible? 
you know, I think your, your budget was close to $70 million. How is that possible that the school actually spends that much money? But they do. And I, I understand looking at the budget, I understand where everything goes and right. what it costs right. to run a school system like uh, Dixon County, even though it's a, it's a smaller school system. Yeah. Well, and, and first of all, I, I do say thank you for your support because I know you've always been supportive of schools, and we appreciate that. Um, but, but you know, just like any business, uh, when, when we look at running businesses, um, we, we generally think, you know, 83 to 85% of your budget is usually personnel costs. And, and so the, the process of hiring teachers, hiring administrators, hiring bookkeepers, office staff, teacher assistants, you know, on, on down the line, custodial services, maintenance, employees, bus drivers. And, you know, so, so when, when you take a look at that, uh, education is big business. And, and when you mention, you know, what you said about a lot of folks think that, that Dixon County is a small school system. We're not. We're the 23rd largest school system in the state of Tennessee. And so when you say, Okay, you got Memphis, Nashville, Knoxville, Chattanooga, Jackson, Murfreesboro is growing, Clarksville is growing. That's seven or eight of the big ones. Right. Right down the road, you know, Dixon County comes in right behind that. So we're 23rd largest. And so um, when we look at we we get money from the state based on our tax abilities to pay and how many students that we have. So a large portion of that $70 million budget, I think about $42 million this year, comes from the state of Tennessee. And so – as we look to spend those dollars, uh, you know, we that that's all encompassing of everything we do. So those dollars have to to take care of buying buses. They have to take care of our buildings. They have to take care of all of our utility bills. They have to take care of paying teachers and all the supplies that the teachers need, the textbooks, the, the technology we've talked about today. So, uh, you know, as we look at that, um, we mentioned earlier in my career, we talked about, you know, coming from, from Robertson County. Robertson County is approaching $100 million in their budget. And they're not that much bigger than we are, right? You know, so so as we look at where are we spending dollars, and again, uh, I, I think the people are, of Dixon County are proud that we've been able to maintain the tax rates that we've been doing, and we, you know, we hadn't had to raise taxes uh, for education specifically. You know, we raise taxes when we build a new building, but but you know, we're not raising taxes. Uh, we're trying to be good stewards of taxpayers' dollars. We're trying to keep up with the latest technology, but we're trying to make sure our students have those opportunities to go out and compete with, uh, you know, our neighbors that they're from Williamson County, the, the, the wealthiest County in the South. We, right. we want to compete with Clarksville Montgomery. We want to, but we also want to compete with, uh, you know, the people from Houston and Hickman counties as well. And so, you know, our students deserve those opportunities. And again, uh, a $70 million budget, you know, the, the state, and there are so many mandates within that budget. And right. you know that from looking yes. at budgets of all sides. You know, they, they tell you how much you must spend on this and how much you must spend on that. And so there are minimums and everything that we do. And so, you know, when, when you look at a, a budget that large, actually there's there's not a lot of flexibility in there. You right. know, it's it's what do we what do we build, what do we uh, maintain, what do we paint this year, what do we work on parking lots and things like that. So, you know, the maintenance budget out of that seventy million I think is about three and a half. And so uh, when you look at the number of square feet that we have, the number of buildings we have, right. you know, different things like that. So uh, it, it's a big business. Uh, we have uh, 1,500 employees. We, we're the largest employer in Dixon County. And, uh, you know, uh, we, we operate, uh, I, I don't know how many square feet we have, but uh, 17 buildings. And, you know, when, when you look at that and you try to think $70 million, that's, uh, it, it's adequate. Uh, do I wish there were more? Certainly. Do our teachers wish there were more? Yes. Um, 
but but you know we do a good job and and I'm proud of what we have in Dixon and and I think our I, I think our results show uh, when we have state tests and we have state winners and we talk about uh, wrestling championships we have uh, athletes that compete and do well we have people that go to academic competitions and do well uh, our teachers and administrators are leaders in their field and I, I think Dixon County's got a lot to be proud of and. Uh, yes, it's you know it, it's expensive, uh, but but it, you know we, we're doing a good job, I believe. Yeah, and I know we've done some capital projects too, like mm-hmm. on upgrading some buildings. I think we uh, upgraded the high school, putting uh, air air units. I know when my girls went through there, uh, the uh, the gym wasn't air conditioned at that time. Right, yeah. and 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 you know those are ways that you know you mentioned your role as a county commissioner and, and our role is managing school funds and, and so we've worked together uh to take some county funds as well as some school funds and put together and 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 so last year we were able as you said to uh now every one of our school gyms uh has air conditioning in them and that, that's the first time that's happened in the history of dixon county we uh our, our last three schools dixon county high uh, william james and charlotte middles uh, those didn't have air conditioning, so you can imagine what it was like to to have athletics right. or PE games like that. So so now we're excited about that, and and it, you know that's just one one opportunity where where the the commission has has partnered with the school system to do things, and uh, uh, we get a great relationship with the mayor, and and he wants to see those things, and the commissioners support those things. But you know the the tough part of it is a lot of the things that we worked on together, uh, people never see. You know, when, when we put an air conditioner on there, you, you know whether there's air conditioning in, in there or not. But, uh, you know, I think of places that we've put boilers in. And, you know, I don't even know that I know fully what a boiler does. But I know when it's broken right, down, we don't right. have heat. We don't have hot water and things like that. But, you know, nobody sees those investments. Nobody sees uh, – We're right now we're trying to work on some roofs. You know, nobody sees the roof, but you see the, the, the drips and the – ugly ceiling tile if it's not so you know those are those are expensive projects and um you know you, you don't always see those it's not it's not like building a new building like you know going up and down highway 96 everybody sees burns middle school and is proud of it right you know? right uh, so so there, there are a lot of projects like that that we're working on and and as you mentioned budgets you know it, it takes every bit of those things right we're gonna go to break uh and we'll be back with our last segment here with uh dr danny weeks Looking for someone to trust with your insurance? Everyone wants to keep a secure future for their loved ones in case of emergency. EB Insurance. As an independent agent, we represent many insurance companies. Our role is to serve as a trusted advisor. We will consult with you to help you understand your needs before recommending the best combination of coverage, service, and value for your unique situation. We offer insurance services ranging from auto insurance, home insurance, business insurance, and life insurance as well. Isn't that amazing? We minimize the risk for your family now and in the future as well. We've got everything you need. For more details, visit www.ebinsurance.com.
All right, we were back in our last segment here, and we're going to continue our discussion and kind of wrap it up a little bit. But one thing I wanted to ask you about is your our comp. You know, you have a lot of competition with trying to get teachers in Dixon County, and yep. I know some of the surrounding counties uh, may have a, a larger pay uh, system. Talk a little bit about that and maybe some struggles that, that we're having in that area. Well, again, I'm going to talk about opportunities that we've had to partner with the county commission and, and, and designate funding and work toward funding and things like that. And I think it was three years ago we really put a lot of dollars toward teacher salaries and trying to get our salaries up. But, uh, uh, you know, the, the tough part I've seen about that is as soon as we do it, uh, you know, somebody else is going to jump on there right. too. And so uh, – and in Dixon County, we're we're very proud of our salary scale. It um, it it is we are we are higher than all of those. I'm going to say a lot of our surrounding our neighbors. Uh, we're, we're the Hickman Counties, Houston Counties, Stewart Counties, Humphreys Counties. You know, Dixon County offers a a better benefit package as well as a better base salary for our teachers for those things. So, a lot to be proud of there. But at the same time, you, you look at Williamson County. We mentioned the the richest county in the South. You know, we, we're not going to be able to compete with them for right. salaries. Uh, Clarkson Montgomery County has got a bigger tax base than we do. It's tough to compete with that. Uh, Metro Nashville, uh, you know, we'll never be able to compete right. with, with the dollars right. going into Metro Nashville. But, you know, what we sell in Dixon County is, but you're not going to deal with all the problems that you do working in the Metro Nashville. You're not going to deal with all the struggles that you do with in some other places. So, you know, part of school culture is important, and, and we believe that culture drives a lot of times what we do and how we can attract those people. Now, somebody that's out looking to make a lot of money is, is probably going to go go drive 20 or 30 miles down the road, or, you know, some sometimes, you know, from my house, I guess I could drive six miles and be across the state line right. or county line in, in uh, Williamson County. But, you know, I, I like what we do here, and I, I prefer this lifestyle. Um, but, I, but I know that... that you know, it, it is something that we have to seriously look at, and, and it's something we constantly monitor. Um, the state only sets a minimum salary, so they tell us what's the least you can pay. They, they never say what's the most you can pay. Right. And, again, places that have more money to, to offer more money, they, they do that. And so uh, I think we see that a lot of time in administration. Uh, we see that most notably. I think people see that in coaching. You know, they, they, they see coaches uh, drive a little bit and pick up a bigger salary. Um we as an administration are, are putting most of our dollars into classroom salaries. We're not, we don't always put it into coaching. We don't always put it into uh, even administration. So we try to get it in the classroom where those teachers are one-on-one -on -one with those students every day making those differences. And so uh, we, we, it's a constant struggle. You know, it's, it's uh, teacher salaries go up every year and uh, there are fewer and fewer people going into education. Right. Right. And so when, uh, you know, it's that basic supply and demand. You know, we're, we're looking for teachers right now. I met with Miss Hall <coughs> yesterday, and we're we're trying to find, I, I think we have seven or eight teachers that, that we need right now. And, um, you know, they're it's hard to say. They're about 40 days before school starts right, back. I know. <laughs> I know. So if someone is interested in coming to Dixon as a teacher, they just contact your office? Yeah, uh, at Human Resources. Uh, Miss Hillary Hall is uh, the supervisor over, over HR, but... Uh, she's got a website uh, or, or a link off of our website and all of the jobs that are posted. And uh, some of them require a teaching license. But, but you know, it, it, there, there are lots of jobs that are open there. The, you know, everything from cafeteria to, to teacher monitors to bus drivers. 
uh, there are lots of things that, that people are capable of, uh, of being finding positions, and there are a lot of positions that are open all year round. So uh, I would encourage anybody that's looking for a position, you know, get on there and check it out. And uh, sometimes we, we have some ways of, of working around uh, teaching license, you know, so maybe, you know, I, I went to college and, and, and came out with an education degree, but, you know, uh, there are also people that, uh, might have a math degree, maybe never even thought about teaching, and maybe they want to come teach math. And so uh, Miss Hall's office works with colleges and universities to try to help place those people in situations. Uh, we're all the time, uh, particularly at the middle school level, we're all the time looking for coaches and people that like to coach and work with students. So uh, maybe you don't want to teach or you don't have a teaching license to, to do that, but maybe you want to be a cheerleading sponsor. And so there are all kinds of jobs that are posted right now and, uh, and will remain open, you know, that uh, we're, we're all the time looking for bus drivers. You know, at any time somebody yeah. wants to, to look for bus driving, um, you know, we, we pay some, some really good salaries and, uh, and you know, somebody's particularly looking for insurance benefits, we, we pay insurance for bus drivers. Right. So there, there are opportunities to do things like that. What about substitute teachers? Do you ever have enough? Never have enough. Uh, we we contract that out through a local contractor, so they provide substitutes for us, and so I know they they also are looking for substitutes all the time. So uh, again, we we have links to them, even though we don't directly employ the subs. That's, that's through a third party contractor, but uh, we have links on that on our website, and so maybe somebody that uh, has some flexible scheduling and you know might want to come in and sub a day or two a week or you know they might have a week's vacation they'd like to come devote right. that to school so you know lots of flexibility there what are the qualifications for that do you know high school diploma really mm-hmm. okay all right and i assume that when a substitute teacher comes in they they have a lesson plan to kind of continue right. on or whatever they um the uh the contractor has a, a basic training that they give to, uh, to anybody that wants to substitute. I think it's a three or four hour substitute in service that they go through and do that. But then, you know, the teacher who's out uh, has that lesson plan left for them for anybody who's coming in to work. And so they, they follow that to the best of their ability. Gotcha. All right, let's talk about, we're going to kind of wrap it up here in a few minutes, but the future, where, where do you see Dixon County Schools in 10 years, um, you know, what, what, what steps are we doing to, to get to that point where, you know, where we want to be or whatever? Yeah. Um, I, I, again, you know, I, I think this year's kind of made us all look at a crystal ball and, and, you know, try to figure out what we're going to do and what, what is school going to look like? Because, you know, the, the idea is that, you know, some students learn better from home, learn through a computer. I mean, so, so those questions are cropping up in education. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're trying to be more flexible. Um, two years ago, we started a program with TCAT for uh, for some students. And, you know, I know everybody doesn't love school. Uh, but, you know, we we have a we have a program that we developed with TCAT that uh, some students that wanted to go into the HVAC industry. Uh, you know, we students, if, you, if you'll come to school and you'll do your English and math in the morning at our high school, we'll send you to TCAT in the afternoon. You work on your HVAC program. And awesome. so... So try to try to think outside the box, and, and we think that's outside the box thinking, and uh, we're we're continuing to do things like that. Let's look at the other end. There's some students who may be bored with high school, so we have a program with Austin P, uh, where these students can get their associate's degree while they're in high school. So they may just be the opposite. They come to school in the morning and they take their math and their science something at the high school. Then uh, they run over to White Bluff at the Bibb Center, and they, they take their college classes in the afternoon. And so 
a lot of them are finishing their their associate's degree before they finish their high school diploma. So, you know, we, we're adjusting and monitoring, you know, what will school look like and what will we be teaching and how we'll be teaching it. Those are those are things, you know, I, th- I think we, we constantly modify and constantly try to make ourselves better and improve. And, um, you know, our, our staff goes to conferences, we, we watch things, we read things, and we're all trying to, to get better all the time. But, you know, uh, I, I think a lot of us have that same question, though, about um, we, we mentioned the census and looking at, at, at what numbers are doing. And so when, right. when we just physically look at what's going to happen in Dixon County, uh, you know, we, we have the same number of students now that we did 10 years ago when I became director of schools then. So, right. you know, um, I, I can't think of a place that they're not building a house or building apartments or building something. And, and so we ask ourselves, you know, where, where are students and what are these students doing and are they going somewhere else? Or are we just not growing in that student population? And so, uh, to me, that's, that's the biggest unknown, right. um, particularly as we look at Metro and, you know, as, as we look at the Metro and the ring of, of districts around Metro. And then when you start thinking those folks are going to have to be coming, you know, pushing themselves further and further out from the Metro areas. And, uh, you know, you look at Wilson County, you look at Rutherford County and they're just, they're overflowing. And so, you know, to me, the biggest question is, I believe that boom's coming to Dixon County. Um, when I don't know. I wish I did. And are we going to be ready when it does? Right, and and right. to me, that's that's the biggest challenge. I think from a, you know, that, that's going to be a, a huge financial impact. You know, schools right now, are, uh, we just you know we finished the Burns Middle School. I mean, you know, a, a, a small middle school and Burns is a small middle school. I mean, that, that was thirty million dollars. Uh, I, I don't know what the costs have done, uh, but, you know, I know the cost of everything else has gone up, particularly due to COVID. Right. And uh, I hear builders talking about, you know, the lack of materials, the lack of people to build. And so, you know, we know housing prices are going up, so building prices are going up. So, you know, I, I dare say that the school we just finished building for $30 million probably cost 40 right. if not more. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, um, you know, if the right number of subs, uh, right number of subdivisions popped up, or the right number of folks coming. You know, it, it's not out of the reason. It's like we're going to need another middle school or another right. elementary school, or you know, both of our high schools are approaching capacity. Right. Uh, I know you don't want to hear what the the going yeah. price for a high school is nowadays. Oh, but I, know. I mean, over a hundred million dollars. Yeah, I, know. I know, I know. And one of the things you know, uh, we talked about. You know, in the last twenty years, high schools predominantly have been teaching kids to get to college mm-hmm. but I think that trend is changing a little bit yeah. you know w- I don't think every student really needs to go to college they need to learn a skill or, yes. or learn, some, learn some kind of trade or whatever mm-hmm. and I think uh, that that our school system, system is kind of addressing that right I, I, I really hope so and uh, that, that's one of the things that we really pushed is you know college isn't for everybody I mean it's you know People on different learning styles, but, but like you said, everybody doesn't need a college degree to, to function and to do what they want to do. But, uh, you know, we want to teach people to be productive citizens. Right. And so productive citizens, like we mentioned earlier, might mean going to TCAT. Um, our CTE programs, the old vocational programs that we used to have, you know, we, we have so many opportunities in schools where students can get their hands on, um, you know, in college you call them majors and things like that. In high school we call them area of focus. So, you know, if I want to focus on a healthcare profession, I, I, I don't mean I want to be a doctor or a nurse necessarily, but I might want to be an x-ray technician. And so we, we have those skills 
and those classes right in our high schools that uh, not only are they getting the, the, the teaching and learning that goes with it, but, you know, uh, Mr. Ray LeCount and, and his staff, they're going out in the community and they're finding partnerships to say, you know, we want to hire these people to be x-ray technicians or dental technicians or whatever they are. Right. Um, and so we're finding places. And so during their senior year of high school, they're going out and they're actually working in those places and right. finding that. And so, uh, again, if you've got any listeners today that, that are, you know, kind of recruiting for the future. Right. Um, you know, contact Mr. LeCount. And if you've got a place in your business to say, you know, we, we do this and we could use a student to, that has these type of skills and possesses these, you know, maybe there's something we can work out to, to get people in to, to learn those skills and, and to become productive in those areas. And uh, again, that's everything from, you know, from food service to, to health cares, to the agriculture and the building professions to, I mean, megatronics where we have people working on robots and right. things like that. So lots of stuff going on. Right. Plus college. Right, right, exactly. Well, we've run out of time, and I've really enjoyed uh, being here with you and talking I've with you. I've enjoyed it as well. Will you come back? Because I know there's some other things that we can talk about, and I would really love to have you back. I, I would come back anytime, and, and my entire staff. I mean, you know, any of them have a lot of expertise in their area, so they can come back and love to talk awesome, to you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, we appreciate you joining us today. Again, if you will share this. Uh, on Facebook, and uh, if you're watching this with YouTube, if you will like and subscribe, that would be awesome. We got some great shows lined up. Next week, we've got our state representative, Michael Curcio, coming. That's going to be a, a show you won't want to miss. So we just say thank you from live down here in Dixon at the uh, historic Dixon Arcade. Please go to our website at uh, jeffebeshow.com. We've got some merchandise on there that you can sell. We are totally listener-supported, so if you will help us out, we can continue this content. We really appreciate you watching. Y'all have a great week. Thanks for listening to The Jeff Eby Show. Join us next Thursday morning at 1130 for more conversation about everything Dixon County. And keep up to date at thejeffebyshow.com.